1: That song is a prayer, right? The ancient words will impart you even today in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so good evening everyone and welcome once again to Thrive. If you are online and this is your first time here, we want to say thank you for joining and tuning into this channel. Um, just um, indicate and our online pastors will welcome you. We're excited to have you here. This is a, a Bible study session. Uh, if you have questions, feel free to send them in. And um, it will get to us here, and we will treat them at the end of the teaching. And of course, those of us here in the auditorium, if you do have a question, please um, take note of it. Uh, just send it up, um, and you can ask it at the end of the teaching by God's grace. So we are in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 16 already. <laughs> and like, um, I think I hear Pastor Kay always say, I wonder when will we will finish. But today, we are actually reading a portion of the scripture from um, Acts Chapter 9, from verse 32 to 43. Very interesting story. So follow us as we read. It says, Meanwhile, Peter traveled from place to place, and he came down to visit the believers in the town of Lydda. There he met a man named Aeneas, who had been paralyzed and bedridden for eight years. Peter said to him, Aeneas. Jesus Christ heals you. If you're sick in the body, you're sick in the mind, whatever affliction you have, Jesus Christ heals you. In Jesus' name, say amen. Amen. It was a simple prayer. Get up and roll your sleeping mat. And it was healed instantly. Everybody say healed instantly. Then the whole population of Lida and Sharon saw Aeneas walking around and they turned to the Lord. There was a believer in Joppa named Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas. She was always doing kind things for others and helping the poor. About this time, she became ill and died. Her body was washed for burial and laid in an upstairs room. But the believers had heard that Peter was nearby at Lida. So, or Lida, if you pronounce it that way. So they went, they sent two men to beg him, please come as soon as possible. Verse 39, so Peter returned with them, and as soon as he arrived, they took him to the upstairs room. The room was filled with widows who were weeping and showing him the coats and other clothes dockers had made for them. But Peter asked them to leave the room. Then he knelt and prayed. Turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, that is Docas." And she opened her eyes. <laughs> when she saw Peter, she sat up. The Lord will call your name. And the eyes of your spirit man will be open in Jesus' name. Again, I said spirit man because if you were not alive, you would not be here. <laughs> the eyes of your spirit man will be opened in Jesus' name. Amen. He gave her his hands and helped her up. Then he called in the widows and all the believers, and he presented her to them alive. The news spread through the town, and many believed in the Lord. And Peter stayed a long time in Joppa, living with Simon, a tanner of hides. That is one that used to do leather walk and walk with dead animals. Hallelujah. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. Amen. So from this passage of scripture, we see different stories. There's a, I mean, a whole lot of stories in that, in that very brief passage. And it's a whole lot of content, actually. But God, by God's grace, we will deliver within uh, the short time we're given. So the first thing that jumps out of me is the fact that my story is not better than your story. Neither is your story better than my story. Why? Because it's all about what we make from our stories. It's all about what you make of your story, what I make of my story. So we see different stories, different people that seem like they were living their individual lives, no connection, yet their stories were all connected. They were all connected. How? How? How were they connected? Because all our stories... Are a part of God's story that leads to His glory. We learned that from Pastor. Can we begin to put up the slides? He taught us a long time ago, and that's a very profound statement. All our stories, your story, my story, you're seated here, you're watching online, as a Nigerian, as a citizen of the world, <laughs> all our stories are part of God's story that always, always leads to God's glory. You're saying, really? Yes. But my story seems like a bad story. Don't worry. At the end of this teaching, you probably, by God's grace, you will see differently. So from Aeneas, to the people of Leda and Sharon, to the men that were sent to invite Peter, to the believers who sent them, to Dorcas, to Simon the Tanner, and all the people that were impacted during the time when Peter stayed back in Joppa, every one of these stories were connected before the eyes of the one, the one true God who keeps record of all these stories. And it's before him that someday we will stand to give an account of how uh, we, we wrote, or, or should I say how we, we played, the roles we played in this story we we'll all give an account someday. So the most prominent of the stories in this passage is that of Tabitha's, Docker's. Even a uh, baby Christian knows the story about uh, the woman that died and, of course, rose from, from the dead after she was prayed for. That is, what was her story? Some 36, uh, pardon, verse 6 and verse 9 tells us a little bit about um, Docker's Tabitha's story. It should be on the screen. She was always doing kind things. She did good things for people. She helped the poor. That was Dukas' story. That's what was, was, that is what was reco- recorded about her. It, it says that the, the widows were weeping because this particular person had made things for them, was touching their lives. We see a person that spent most of her life adding value to the lives of other people. He didn't tell the story if she was, if she was married. Or she had children. She probably was. But that wasn't the important part that was focused on, on this story. What was focused on was the impact she was making daily. She obviously was doing these works not to gain recognition. She was doing them not to get um, for payback. Because if she was doing for payback, she wouldn't be focused on, on, on the widows, Right? The the widows at that time were the most marginalized in the society. They had nothing to give back. But these were the people that were saying, Look, look what she did for me. Look what she's been doing for us. So, what can we um, learn from from uh, Docas's, Tabitha's story? The first thing I I, I think we can learn from that story is that we should always have works that speak for us. Always have works that speak for you. Do you have walks right now? seated here, watching online, or you will watch sometime. Do you have works that are speaking for you? A good example is Mordecai. Many of us know Mordecai in the Old Testament. We see in Exodus 6, if you could put up the Extra 6 scripture, how God robbed a king, an old king, <laughs> of his sleep for Mordecai's sake. Why? Because Mordecai had good works that were speaking for him. The king couldn't sleep. Call up the records. You think if a king cannot sleep, why is it God robbed of the king of his sleep? Because the Bible tells me that God gives his beloved sleep. So if Mordecai cannot sleep, it means that the one that owns sleep I say, give me back my sleep. I need you to do something right now. May God rob people of sleep for your sake in the name of Jesus. Especially when it seems like you've been forgotten or be marginalized. In the name of Jesus. So, God robbed this king of his sleep. The king could have said, okay, I can't sleep. You know what? Call the performers to come and perform for me tonight, I sleep. Or call people to come and read me a bedtime story. He could do anything. He was the king. But what did he do? He asked for records. That tells me again that the hearts of a king are in, are, are, are in God's hands. And he turns them whichever way he wills. God will turn the hearts of kings and queens for your sake in the name of Jesus Say amen like you mean it. And the king asked, what could you do for the person that, that he had forgotten, so to speak? And of course, a recognition was recommended for Mordecai. So the question to you and I this evening is, what are you doing for the king of kings right now? That it seems has gone unnoticed. In fact, it seems like you have been forgotten. I'm pleased to announce to you tonight... That it is recorded, just as Mordecai's deeds were recorded, and the rewarder will open up his book of remembrance for you, and he will remember you in Jesus' name. Another excellent example is Joseph. Joseph was betrayed. He was sold by his brothers. He was framed by his master's wife. He was imprisoned. Even though he was loyal to his master. Joseph was loyal to his master. If he's today in the of, in age of Instagram, therefore whip the wife. Clean mouth. But Joseph was loyal to his master. Scripture even says in Genesis um, 40, 23, it should be on the screen, that the people that Joseph helped had forgotten about him. Forgot everything about Joseph. Where are my forgotten ones? Do you feel like you've been forgotten? I I, I feel that way sometimes. I feel that way sometimes. Am I in good company? Do you feel like sometimes nobody sees what you're doing? Have you served and served? (laughs) And it seems like you've been forgotten. And you've not gotten your just reward. Guess what? The king is about to summon you in Jesus' name. The king himself summoned Joseph from the prison. So don't get tired of doing good serving on notice don't get tired of serving on notice don't get tired of blessing without attention don't get tired my brother don't get tired my sister because in galatians 6:9 it says if we do not get tired of doing what is right before the lord that he will bring the great harvest the lord will bring your great harvest in jesus name it says that when we persist right the lord will bring our great harvest so that every, which is every opportunity the Lord gives to us to be a blessing to everyone around us. Especially those people that are seated next to you, those people of the faith. In fact, Solomon said that God judges everything that is done. Ecclesiastes twelve fourteen. Everything that is done, God judges it. He says, including the secret things. I dare say, especially the secret things, because Jesus talked about the secret things, whether good or bad. So what are you doing? Good? God will judge it. Bad? He will judge it. You're doing it in secret, no one can see it. He sees it. You are doing it in public for sure. He sees it. He's the one that marks the script. Yes, we are not saved by works. We are saved by grace, right? But it is important that you and I have speaking works like Dockers. Works that can raise voices that will speak for us when no one else can speak for us. For crying out loud, Dockers was dead. But our works were speaking. And those works spoke her back to life. Hallelujah. So, today, who has said, thank you, Jesus, because of you? Have you been an answer to someone's prayer today or this week? Or can you even remember the last time you were an answer to someone's prayer? And if you cannot, I pray that today the Holy Spirit will help you align in the mighty name of Jesus. Is it possible that Dorcas is not the only believer that died with an unfinished dream and vision that day? I went to a site called World Population and I saw that... Over three, I mean, thousand people die daily. So I'm saying, okay, maybe at the time that in um, Tabitha's day, population wasn't hadn't, hadn't hadn't exploded the way it was the way it is today. It says deaths per day, 166,279 people die. Deaths per hour, 6,920. In fact, the fact that you are alive, just praise the Lord. <laughs> ah. Deaths per minute, 115 people die per minute. Deaths per second, 1.92 minutes. That means as we're speaking, somebody has died. That is humbling. (laughs) It's humbling to think about. But you see, Dockers wasn't the only one, I believe, that probably had died that day. But how come it's only Dockers that was resurrected that day? What happened to the other people? Were they but how come it's no story recorded about anyone else that was raised on that day? Why did they not have anyone petitioning on that behalf? I, I leave that for you to wrestle. I mean, after the Bible study. Wrestle with that even as you, you take, it, take it home with you and continue in this study. Hallelujah. Another good learning point from Docas's story is the fact that we are all on a journey. And to journey means that there's a starting point, right? And there's an there's a destination in mind. Every journey you started somewhere. There's a destination in mind. And if this is true, then you and I must keep moving. Must keep moving. Don't don't camp out on the road. Sometimes we have the tendency to want to camp out on the road because we seem like, you know what, this journey is so tough. What I thought I was gonna do when I started, and where it seems like the destination, the end point is just like it is jagged. I just need to stay here. I'm tired, God. <laughs> don't make an institution out of your challenge. Don't, don't, the challenges you face are part of your journey. So what do you do? You keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. What am I trying to say? Believers have challenges too. Doc has died. She was a believer. She died. No one is immune to challenges. I'm not immune to challenges. You are not immune to challenges. Believers... Die too. We face challenges. But guess what? Even when believers face dead situations, our situations do not end in death. Amen? Jesus is the resurrection and the life. He's alive today. And because he's alive today, your situation will not end in death in the name of Jesus. Say amen like you mean it. What about Aeneas? Aeneas' story opened up this passage. This is about the only time I see Aeneas' name mentioned. If you please put up that scripture um, at CMN, even before you go to the next slide. Just put up that scripture. This is about the only time his his name, I see his name mentioned um, in the scripture. But he had a story too. What can we learn from his story? You can't help but wonder what it would have been like afflicted for eight years. Just think about it. And Aeneas', Aeneas name literally meant praiseworthy. But I, I can't help but wonder if Aeneas may have, have taught a, co- a couple of times I now mean, what, what, what kind of what kind of name is this? He wasn't crippled from birth because he said eight years, right? And he was a man. He wasn't crippled from birth. So it he, 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 he must, must have been tough for him and people around him. They call you praiseworthy, but your situation doesn't look like praiseworthy what's your name my name means strong ruler sometimes i wonder i I don't feel like a strong ruler where are the territories i'm supposed to be ruling what's your name what's your name right now it may seem like your name doesn't correlate or correspond (laughs) with where you are maybe your name actually means praise Or glory. (laughs) But what you are seeing is pepe. (laughs) That's an easy story. For eight years. Eight years. Eight long years. If you want to know what it is to wait for God to come true for eight years, ask a woman trusting God for the fruit of the womb. You want to know what it is to wait on God for eight years? Ask a mother that is trusting God for the healing of her child. Ask a father that is trusting God for a rebellious child to realign with God. You want to know what it is to wait for eight years? Ask a guy or a girl that is past their 40s, still single, trusting God for a life partner, and another 365 years days just rolls by. It must have been tough. But guess what? God stepped in through Peter. God stepped in. God will step into your situation in the name of Jesus. And I believe that as God stepped in through Peter, Peter may have listened to Aeneas' story. Even if not a lot of his story, at least a bit of his story. Why, why, Why do I believe this? Because Peter called him by name. He said, Aeneas. Aeneas called him. And in calling him by name, I I see a connection there. A connection that came from a place of empathy. After all, that's not the first time Peter had healed someone. He saw someone in the beautiful gate. I don't have silver. I don't have gold. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. But this one, he called him Aeneas. There's something about when someone calls your name. There's a connection. Let's say your your Mm -hmm. people call you Auntie this. Or Uncle that. Or Brother this. There's a connection. Peter was saying Aeneas. So, we could see that that alone, that empathy alone, could could foster healing. Could foster healing. People should know how much we care. That's that's, that's what I'm trying to emphasize there. People should know how much you care. You know how to pray for money tonight. You speak in tongues, everywhere is shaking. Your neighbors are saying, This guy they pray. But you don't care about nobody. You are the one that blocks their vehicles, you are the most crusty person in the compound, you are the most argumentative. Well, you want to tell them about your Jesus. They should know that you care. And this reminds me of the quote attributed to um, President Theodore Roosevelt. It says that, "People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Be the wisest. Be the smartest. They don't care what you know, until they know. How, how much you care. I, and, I, and I sort of played that in my head and said, People don't care how much, how anointed you are, really. They don't, until they know how much you care. Anointing really doesn't qualify us for this kind of empathy, <laughs> if you check it out. It doesn't. We can be so anointed, guess what? But so callous. We can be so anointed, but yet very indifferent. But not Peter. And that brings us to Peter's story. What can we learn from Peter's story? Peter's story did not begin in Acts 9. No, Peter's story did not begin there. Peter's story was, (laughs) Peter had a long one coming, right? So I'd like us to put up Peter's, um, a small CV, if, if you were to be introduced to Peter prior to this time. Simon Peter, the son of John, headstrong. Was he headstrong? Yes, he was. Speaks before thinking. Jesus, you cannot die. Jesus says, shut up, you're a devil. <laughs> Weak in the flesh. Canal. Peter could fight spiritual battles physically. He doesn't wait for angels to appear. When they came to arrest Jesus, he brought out sword, slashed Marcos in on the ground. Jesus said, ah, this is not what we sent you to do now. Postful. If everybody, like we learned on Sunday, if everybody deserts you, me, no, 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 I'll follow you to the end. Should have been, Jesus had told him before then, they said they won't shift you like with calm, be calming down. He was still raking, inconsistent, he was self-preserving, he was warming himself in the enemy's fire, looking at his ogre. Then before you know it three times, he has denied the man. So, Peter had all this. That, that, that was Peter's story. If I was, if you were to introduce this Peter before now, that was his CV. A betrayer. You could call him a betrayer. No, 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 no. But that is not where. Put that up, put that up, please. Can you put it up? Say, ma'am. That is not where Peter's story ends. That's not where Peter's story ends. He had worked closely with his master. He had failed. Like we learned on Sunday, he had been redeemed. He had been restored. And now he was restoring other people in the same name of that master that he denied and he betrayed three times. This same person with this record. That same person. What is your story? I know my story. I was once filled with guile, fraudulent, a cheat. But that's look at me today. I teach people. I help young people grow and find their purpose. Hallelujah. I coach people. I help people that do not have clarity in what to do to find clarity. So, what am I trying to say? Where your story started is not necessarily where your story should end. Stop building an institution on the fact that you were born in polygamy. My mother left me. I'm saying, look. Those are tough things. You were abused. Oh, that's tough. Your husband walked out. Oh, man, that's tough. Your wife left you. I'm saying that's tough. But that is not the whole of your story. It's not the whole of your story. This same person, please leave it up. I just want us to leave it up for a bit. That same person was restoring people to Christ. A whole community... Look, isn't it wonderful to know that Jesus never gives us a mouth? Never. The one he betrayed and denied didn't give up on him. says, I'm not done with you yet. I'm going to use you to bring Dockers back to life. I'm going to use you to give Aeneas back his legs so that Aeneas can become productive for his own family. I'm going to use you, Peter. I'm going to use you. And God is saying to you that I'm going to use you. Amen. So what about the widows? What should we say about them? They were the lowliest in the society. No one to defend them. And it seemed that the only one that they had to defend them snatched from their hands by death. The only one that could show them mercy and grace snatched from their hands. And at that point, it's easier for us to just throw up a hand in surrender and say, you know I give up. This walk with God is is just too tough. No more benefactor. The only one that that favors me is gone. I've tasted that before. Once upon a time, I had an older brother that I learned everything from. Blessed me financially, taught me a lot of things. And before I knew it, in eight days, snatched from my hands. I'd give up. Oh, God, there's nothing else in this life. (laughs) Guess what? You have a voice. And as long as you have a voice, when you lift up that voice to heaven, help comes from the one seated on the throne. I lift up, look over my eyes onto the hill. From whence come my help? Your help comes from the one who is seated on the throne. May he send you help in the mighty name of Jesus. What about Simon the Tanner? (laughs) He had a story. Not much was said about Simon. Can we please put up a story about Simon? Just one line. And that's about the only time I heard Simon mentioned as a tanner. But if you read in the context of who Simon and tanner was, Simon must have been despised. Why? Because he was dealing with carcass. And the people in his day were so religious that they could not stand anything that was outside of their religiosity. Nothing outside their religiosity. At the time, their Jewish laws... Prohibited them from interacting with dead animals. Leviticus 5, verse 2 precisely. In fact, Leviticus 11 tells us a whole lot more about how you cannot even interact with dead animals. Here we find Mr. Simon using dead animals to make a living. So he must have been despised. It must have been despised. But Jesus in Matthew 15, 11, is recorded as saying that it's not the outward that makes us unclean. These guys were saying, Simon, come out here. What kind of person are you? But Jesus must have been saying to Simon, I love you. The content of your container is pure. Why? We will, we'll see in a, in a bit. If I just let it out, Simon was the one who catered for Peter. Can you put up that scripture? If catered for Peter. The same one that was despised by everybody was the same one that took him Peter. At the time, for his ministerial journey. For his journey in the missions. In fact, Jesus chastised the Pharisees for paying more attention to outward cleansing, outward rituals, than the the, the filth that was inside of them. Luke 1139, we read it from the voice translation. It says, Jesus says, you Pharisees are walking contradictions. You are so concerned about external things, like someone who washes the Outside of a cup and bowl, but never cleanse, cleanse the inside, which is what counts. Jesus is saying to us that it's the inside accounts. counts. Beneath your fastidious exterior is a mess of extortion and filth. When Jesus looks at you, when he looks at me, what does he see? What does he see? If a screenshot, selfie, of your inside... What will be displayed <laughs> on the projector? What will we see? Will it be embarrassing? Even right now. For those of us watching online, you are watching through a window. If they flip your window to the left or to the right, will they see XXXX? What what will they see? You can hide it all, you can never hide it from God. He sees everything. Question, how's your inside? How's your inside? All sweet, soft-spoken, pious-looking on the outside. But what would Jesus say about my inside? When he looks at your inside, may he be pleased in the mighty name of Jesus. So we see the unclean guy house and cater for Peter for as long as he stayed on his missions. Question from there How are you supporting missions? What's your contribution? Is it for men to see or is it for, for God to see? What about the many people whose names were not mentioned in, in, in Lida or Lida and Sharon? What about the many people whose names were not mentioned in Joppa? What was mentioned about them is that they turned, they came to Christ, their names were not mentioned. That same Peter whose story seems to have been a write-off from the start is the same Peter that God used to tell a different kind of story. There should always be a pre-Richard encounter, put your name. There should always be a post-Richard, put your name, encounter. There should always be a pre and a post. The things that meet you, Should not be the same after they leave you. That's what we're trying to say. People should be able to say, My life was like this before you came into the picture. You're married before you came, your wife came into the picture. How was her life? How's her life now? Before your husband came into the picture, how was his life? How's his life now? Okay, marriage is deep. What about your friends? What about your colleagues before you started working in that office? They were not seeing hell. <laughs> now you're working there. What about in church? There should be a pre. And after you came, encounter. Very many examples you can use. Laban. How was his life before Jacob came into his life? How was Potiphar's household before Joseph came into? We use Joseph, right? It says God blessed Potiphar's household. How was David's life before uh, Saul's life before David stepped into the picture? Saul was hiding from a a terrorist (laughs) that was threatening him and his army. And David came in, helped him solve that problem. Saul didn't stop there. Saul was tormented. David becoming. No? Brought a sweet spirit. Do you carry a sweet spirit everywhere you go? Peter carried his own spirit. That guy with that poor CV at the start. And then people turned to God. So in Peter's story, we see guys saw miracles and they turned to God. In, In some cases, maybe yours is not the healing ministry. Yours might be wisdom. In some cases, maybe you carry a love, a love that you exude, that is life-changing. Whatever the case, people must have encounters with us that causes them to turn to God. You and I must make sure people have encounters with us that provokes them to say, God is alive and he lives amongst men. Amen? Heaven is waiting for you and I to happen so that people can hear your part of the story and seek God. You know, when I said <laughs> people must have encounters with us that causes them to turn to God, I just, I'm just thinking, you know, there's a way you break somebody's heart that they will turn to God. That, that's not the one I'm talking about. <laughs> because of you, they'll be praying at night. No, 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 that's not the one. The one I'm talking about is the one that, ah, because of you, They'll be like, I need to find this God that makes this person like this. So as we close, you may say, my, my anointing, the anointing that I have, has not, I mean, that, that is playing back in my head, so it's making me laugh in my spirit. The anointing that I have has not reached the one that will make me go to a funeral home where people are mourning and, and go and lay your hand on, on the dead, you know, and, and, they, and they rise up. It's okay, it's okay. It is still God's story. And you are useful in that story, even if you are not the one that is raising the dead. You can be one of the saints that lifted up their voices concerning dockers. There are people, right? They said, Dockers don't die. Oh, yes, sent from the man of God. That can be your story. You can be the two men that actually went. To get Peter. The That can be your story. That's a good story. Right? Or you can be Dockers. The one that was always doing good things. And helping people that were marginalized. Or you can be Simon the Tanner. You have a story. I have a story. The one that provided hospitality for the man of God. While he was on missions. For as long as he stayed. Guess what? When... Peter's impact is being recorded, they will call Simon. Because if Simon did not house him, Peter probably would have been stressed. So what are we saying? Your own story matters. Say my own story, my own story matters. My own story matters. So as we close today, I, I, want, I want us to just bow our heads at this time. Just bow your heads. If you're online, you are online, bow your head as well. We all have a story. I have a story. What is your story? Is your story still being, is this still being told like this? Um, Simon Peter's story before he realigned, strong-headed, a betrayer, filled with guile, carnal? If that's your story, that's not a good story. But God wants to give you a good story today. So if you're here and you're saying, Lord, I need you to change my story, just pull up your hands. And we can pray together and be, you, you can begin a new walk today. And if you're online, you can actually put up your hand while you're home. God sees you and is ready to give you a good, a, a new story. So if you're that one that is saying, Lord Jesus, you are my master, I need you to change my story, put up your hands and we'll pray together. Put it up high. Yes, sir, I can see you. God bless you, sir. Put it up high. I need Jesus to change my story. And online, I think you can, if the instructions are actually scrolling, send a, me- a, a message to, to that email address, to our pastor. And then we can pray together and God will change your story. So Father, we say thank you. We thank you for your children that are surrendering their hearts to you today. We ask that you actually come in today and turn their stories around. Now Lord, in no distant time, when these stories are told, they'll be told about your greatness in their lives honor and glory we give unto you Lord in Jesus precious name we have prayed amen amen and amen let's give a clap offering unto the Lord the owner of all our stories amen so like we said earlier um, as pastor comes on if you have um, I was going to say if you have a story (laughs) if you have a question please send it in and we'll be happy to um, answer by God's grace, uh, and um, if you're here online as well, send. If you're here in physical and you're online, please send your questions. Good evening, Pa. Welcome.
0: Good evening, Pastor Richard. Well
1: done. Thank you, sir.
0: That was amazing.
1: Thank you, sir. Mm. I, I,
0: amazing.
1: I, I know you have your story. <laughs> yeah, but um. I have a few questions uh, while we wait to our best questions. If you have questions, please remember you can okay. ask them. Okay, so uh, um, they might seem um, s- simple, but they're not simplistic questions. I mean, if you think about them. So uh, my first question is why, why do people struggle to play um, second fiddle to others? And, and is it wrong to actually be a second fiddle in, in someone else's story? So, I'm thinking about the people that were not um, Simon Peter, anointed to raise the dead, or give um, Aeneas his life back. Their stories are there, and and there's a lot to learn from their stories when I think about it. But, in the world we live today, it seems like if the light, if the prominence is not on you, uh, this this, this ship cannot sail. (laughs) People are not... uh, they're not willing to take um, the backstage or play second fiddle. so yes i'm uh, just just wondering
0: okay i mean you um it's a very good question so, yes
1: uh, just, just wondering
0: um it's a very good question actually and is um the problem is how it is it is perceived right so when if you see in fact the way it is described as second fiddle so if it is if it is described as second fiddle you know it it's that already will, is a put off you know for a lot of people because hey nobody really wants to be second fiddle you know <laughs> you know in the sense that everybody wants to be the best that god has created them to be and and they don't think that it doesn't sit well with thinking that it's being second to somebody else. Mm. So that description itself is a problem, you know? So you can, um, everybody cannot be a Peter. Doesn't mean you're second fiddle to Peter.
1: <laughs> so um, I don't know if I'm making sense, are you there? Yeah, ab- are you be? Ab- absolutely, sir, absolutely. Okay, okay, okay. If I have given okay, me okay, another so- question to add to it, well, go ahead. <laughs>
0: Okay. Okay. So, um, in fulfilling destiny, that place that everybody has is the place that they have, and they are um, they are stars in that place. So um, that's why Paul would say something about the glory of the sun is different from the glory of the moon and the glory of the stars, and even stars are varied in glory, you know? And so, but every, the moon has, is designed to reflect the glory of the sun. That is when the moon is fulfilling its potential. The moon is not fiddle to the sun. In fact, without the moon, night will be in pitch blackness, you know? So so the the, the the moon's glory is in reflecting the glory of the sun. So the moon should never see itself in competition with the sun that, ah, why can't I have my own light and be shining my own shine? The way it is designed is that your light comes from the sun. In fact, the sun itself how he generates his own light is that it keeps burning and burning. The song sort to of say, ah, look at the moon. He doesn't have to burn. He doesn't have to suffer all these things out suffer suffering. You
1: know,
0: he's just getting free light, you know? So we become unwise when we compare ourselves to each other. And stars also vary in glory, and glory is glory, you see. It, 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 many times we struggle because we we don't understand how these things work, you know. So we even set up our children for on um, business competition. So business competition. So we um, the child comes third in class. I mean. Back in the day, they will flog you. They say the person that came first, does he have two heads? Meanwhile, meanwhile, the person that came first cannot race with you on the track, you know? You are faster on the track. So you are first on the track, you know? But because we don't train up children in the way that they should go, the way that they should go means they are bent, they are natural bent, you know? So that when they grow up, they don't depart from it. So... That natural bent of the child, you have to find it. Some people, it is in the track. Some people, it's in the academia. Some people, it is politics. Some people, it is business. Not everybody's an entrepreneur, for instance. Some people need to be employed. You can't say, oh, I don't want to report to anybody. I want to be my own boss. And you're not designed to be an entrepreneur. Oga, you drink Gario. They call it Garium (laughs) Sulfit. You know? (laughs) <laughs> you know, everyone, and when we begin to appreciate everyone for the role they play, everybody begins to manifest in the way that they should and they feel secure in their delivery. So, a, 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 a Steve Jobs, for instance, can never say to Wozniak that what is wrong, I mean, I'm your boss, I mean, you you know, you know, and and talk down on him. No, because even though the guy is number two, or Steve B- Obama, Obama to Bill Gates, Obama was is the he was the he was described as the perfect assistant. That is is that is his bent, is designed to assist. If the day he says, I want to. In fact, when he left Microsoft, he's still the he's still a millionaire today because he hooked up with Bill Gates. There are many Bahamas today starting enter, enterprises that they have no business starting. <laughs> Instead of them to go and look for their gates, sorry, um, it's a lot I've said, you know. Let me stop.
1: <laughs> wow. <laughs> fact you you answered the second question because when you began to talk I, I mean something I wrestled with I, I thought about Jonathan and, and David Jonathan had no qualms in saying you know what David you come and be king and I will be your I will follow you this is, this is what God has called you to do so perhaps if, if Jonathan had, had taken leadership he probably would have been um, according to your Obama. Instead of of, of 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 gates, you know. So I mean, that was. Let's just give a clap of hands to the Lord. That's. <laughs> Lord, in fact, in fact, this Jonathan
0: example you've given, you have touched something again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> can we can we can we dive into it, please? I believe that many Davids have not fulfilled their potentials because many Jonathans are holding on to the throne and have refused to serve them.
1: Jonathan, you can clap if you want to. You can clap if you want to. <laughs> Jonathan, Jonathan's greatness
0: is the glory. And when he gets to heaven, by the way, how he will be celebrated is how he was supportive of David, not how he ascended to the throne. So, so. His crown that is waiting for him in heaven is not going to be judged by did he get the throne or not. Is did he assist David to get the throne or not. That would be the determinant factor. And Jonathan was comfortable in his skin. In fact, his father was abusing him. That you useless boy, you know, it, your friend will be. And the guy is like, I have no problem. He's the one God has chosen. Ah, speak.
1: Pastor Richard. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, I don't know if you remember in 2013, Debbie might remember, you took us for a leadership training. If you remember, with Baker. Debbie, can you remember? 2013. And Reverend Otabu said something. That changed my life. I have never forgotten. In fact, sometimes when the devil, you know, everybody gets tempted. When the devil wants to tempt me to foolishness, I'm always reminded about what he said. And I'll say it. He said, some people will never be promoted to the palace. Mm. Because when they are promoted to the palace, they will expose the madness of Saul. <laughs> mm. That was such imb- a, in fact, for me, that scattered my head. Mm. Why? Because David never said, "Make on go see you, don't chase. Mm. Not once. To the point that David didn't have an opportunity to even kill the Madogah. Mm. He didn't. He said that's why some people will never be promoted to the palace. And I, as, <laughs> I, again, Father, you have opened up some <laughs> wells. So perhaps for someone watching, maybe that is all you need to take today. You're saying, God promotes me, promotes me, promotes me. Perhaps you are seen this attitude that you have this character you have if you get there everything will scatter
2: mm.
1: do you want to drop it today? can we drop it today? so I, I say it and I'm, I mean I'm being vulnerable there are times when my head we want to you know ah, and I'll be reminded <laughs> and I say never far from me far be it from me to lay my hand on God's anointed hallelujah Amen. Thank you so much, Fah. Amen. If, if we close now, I think we're all done. <laughs> okay, there's a question online. Okay, so let's take the question before I ask my other question, my own question. Thank you, Pastor Richard. Thank
2: evening, you. Okay, so we have two questions so far. The first, most miracles of people raised from the dead in the Bible to be done in private by sending the people out of the room. Does it mean that raising the dead has to be done privately for it to work?
1: Hallelujah. Okay, so I'll try and take a stab at that. And uh, of course, uh, Pastor is here to back me up. Um, It was something I deliberately skipped that part because um, it's something that is taught has been taught many times even in theology. When I I, I wrestled with that question. Why did Peter have to do... Of course, Peter was doing what his master had seen. What he had seen his master do. And that was Jesus. Jesus, once upon a time, wanted to heal um, um, a girl and said, Everybody, get out of the room so you can heal a girl. Pri- one of the primary reasons, I think, and of course, pastors is here to back me up. And correct me, that is when I mean back me up. The reason why he, um, Peter sent people out of the room was not necessarily because he wanted... Um, their spirit will stop him from doing what he needed. They probably were crying and making noise. Distracting him. It could be the distractions. Because Jesus has healed people before lots of people. He didn't need to drive people out of a particular place before he healed them. Peter, I I mean, when um, um, the boy that was sitting at the window fell from the window and died, right he didn't need to go and tell everybody, get out, before he, he healed the boy right there on the spot where he was, he was, was that Peter? I think that was Paul. When he had preached all night and the boy was in the widow path. was that Peter or Paul? Paul. Oh, Paul, yeah. And then he fell from the window level and fell and died. Paul didn't have to tell everybody, oh, you people will wait here. I want to go downstairs and heal heal the boy. So that was a miracle done in public. So I don't think it correlates when you say most of the miracles were because uh, they had to send people out for, for the for the miracle to happen. I think it must have been the distraction that caused Peter to say, you know what, this noise, this crying is enough, don't worry. God is in control. Uh, pa, what, what, do you th- what do you think about that?
0: Yeah, yeah, um, you're right, because you know, um, death can be a very painful thing and a very sorrowful thing. So, um people that are loved ones of the disease of you know they will you can't they will express sorrow and and wailing and and you know particularly in the presence of of their their loved ones that is dead so it is the logical thing is to because when you want to pray for the dead you want you 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 want to focus on God, you know, is to just tell them to 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 leave. So that is probably why. And of course, Peter lent it from Jesus. You know, Jesus did it. You know, send them to leave. You know, because there was too much, you know, um, uh, drama. Even the hired whalers. Now, but you're also correct when you say that it's it's not a requirement. You know. An example would be at the tomb of Lazarus. Lazarus was dead. Jesus did not say all of you go." In fact, Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth, you know? And he that was dead came back to life. So in the full glare of everybody. So, yeah.
1: Thank you, thank you, sir. So I hope um, if you're online, that's answered that question for you. So if you are thinking about raising the dead, maybe i have been saying <laughs> that too many people. Don't worry. It's not because God wants you to be in an isolated place. But, yeah, you can go ahead and express your faith.
2: Yeah. Okay, so one more question came in. Let me read the second one. It says, in in the teaching, you said we should be okay doing good without being seen. How do you advise someone in the spotlight who does good but is being crucified for it? Should such a person let go of the spotlight... Or keep doing good in spite of the attacks?
1: Mm. Okay. Thank you uh, for that question. That's, that's a very good question. I'm just going to read um, the scripture in Galatians um, 6, verse 9 and 10. It says, may we never tire of doing what is good and right before our Lord. So the, the qualification is that who, who are you doing the good for? So, I may be doing my good in, in, in secret, but am I doing it before the Lord? You may be doing your good in public. Is, is Jesus the focus? He says, because in season, the one whom we do the good before is waiting to give you and I or the person a harvest. When you persist. So, for this person that's asking that question, the, the answer pretty much is, is persistence, not focused on who's watching or who's not watching, because you were not doing the good for them. The person is in the spotlight. The good wasn't about, about them in the first place. In fact, Jesus even said to the Pharisees that woe unto them because they come out, they do their good for people to see. But there are other people that do their good in private that he sees and he blesses more than the people that come and, and, and do it for show. Sure. So as long as you're doing this good and Jesus is the center, is the, focal, the focus of that good, then you don't have to worry. In, in, in due time, as the scripture says, because he always keeps his promises. Psalm 138 verse 8. He will keep his promise of a great harvest for you. In Jesus name. Amen. 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 Pa, you want to add anything to that? No. Okay. okay.
2: So we have another question again to okay. number three.
1: Okay, so now we have two more questions waiting.
2: No, we, had, we have four in total.
1: Okay, four waiting now.
2: No, we have four in total. You're treated okay. to... Yeah,
1: two waiting. So there are two okay. more.
2: I'll read okay. the third okay, one Okay, please, now. can I just
1: say this? For, for time, if you have a question, please send it in now so that we can just capture what we have um, and manage time. Okay, go ahead. Okay,
2: thank you. How do we position our mind when, we p- when praying? How do we focus on God? Do you paint a picture of someone in your mind?
1: <laughs> I like that. That's, that's a very good question. So I will answer that from... Um, my, my own experience in praying because I, I try to pray. So when I'm praying, I, I don't necessarily, um, back in the days as a young Christian, I used to try and imagine what God looked like. As a matter of fact, I remember one of our pastors, one, I mean, that was one of the people that uh, Papi gave to mentor me, right? I told me that when they were worshiping, they saw a throne room. So, for the next, like, one year, when I was worshipping, I I closed my eyes and be looking for the throne room. <laughs> and it was a bit distracting for me, right? Because when she painted the story, I, I let it out, she okay, I just couldn't get over it. Like, I still, the same song, me and this person were listening to. This person was <laughs> this person was in a throne room. I mean, I worshipped, I, I didn't say a throne room, but how come she was in a throne room, I didn't see so? Anytime I close my eyes, where's the throne room? Sometimes I'll paint a picture of me, one small tiny thing, at the of the throne room. But it wasn't real. It wasn't just walking. So basically, when I pray, I just focus on the fact that God is a good God. And I know he's there. So I'm praying. I know that the person I'm talking to is just right here with me and he loves to hear my voice. So I'm not, I'm not trying to imagine what already is. He says he won't leave me. He says he won't forsake me. He says he's always with me. He says my body is his temple. So I'm praying from my inside, knowing that he's already there. I don't have to imagine what he, 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 he looks like, whether his hairs are silver, white, <laughs> whether he has long hair, I don't imagine all this stuff. You know, but one thing that can help this person as well is take his scripture. Give thanks unto the Lord for his good and his mercies endure forever. Just hold that scripture. And you know you can pray that scripture for one hour. When you say, give thanks unto the Lord for his good, and you remember how good he was to you yesterday. Can you exhaust God's goodness? How good he was to you last week. You don't have to picture picture him. Picture the good things he has done. How good he was to you when your child that was sick became well. How good he was when he provided for you. How good he is to you that you are alive. I just read to you that every hour, every day, 116,000 people gone. (laughs) Dead, you are alive. How good you are out of my life. You don't have to see his white behavior or his shiny eyes with, with drawn swords. Pa, you want to add anything to that?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a lot to add to that in the sense that, you know, it's, it there's no straight jacket answer. Um, so, you've, I mean, yes, what a major part is what you've said, which is focus on scripture, focus on the word of God what does the word for many times is the word of god that is in my mind that is where my focus is in you know um is on whatever scripture you are praying um by the wounds of jesus i am healed for instance that's your focus um and um what i probably will add is that imagination is a gift from god it's for us to use you know and imagination sometimes they need seeds and seeds are from the word of god so sometimes the picture painted in our minds when we read the word of god can be used you know in worship because i see the lord lifted up and his strength fills the temple you know if you are a a great creative person or you are are, you're thinking pictures like a lot of us do you know you are seeing something already you know, in your mind's eye, and of course, you know it's not picture perfect, but it it gives you something to that you can relate to and can be like your 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 true north, your, your your focus in in prayer. Then, another thing that helps our imagination in in worship and prayer is, is nature. You know, so take a walk and just look around, look at the trees. Look at the ocean. I see the stars. I hear the roaring thunder. Your power throughout the universe display. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art. How great thou art. So, make and boom you know yeah and 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 on and on and on yeah so and of course the spiritual gift i don't want to talk about that because you saw that nobody is closing their eyes looking for a throne (laughs) you know the spiritual gift there are certain spiritual experiences that god to please god to bring you into you know that you will never forget you know and Every time you close your eyes, sometimes, you know, you bring yourself... You try to relieve it, you know, to help you get started. So, yeah.
1: Amazing. Thank you so much, sir. Uh-huh. In, in fact, I think about now, because uh, um, when I go for runs these days, I, I pray. And it's, it's a beautiful thing, actually. So one of the prayers I'm saying. See, this heart is like the heart. Come here, my heart pound. But it doesn't stop. I'm saying, how, what's, how complex is this thing that doesn't need a fear? In fact, sometimes a car is w- driving past me. I try to put off my speed and I'm much, of course. And in my mind, I'll say, that thing uses fear. Your body doesn't use fear. But my heart doesn't stop. I mean, and it just takes the prayer to a, a, a different level. So thank, thank you so much, pa, for, that, for that reminder. Awesome. David, oh. last question?
2: No, please. Um... <laughs> So question number four says, okay. what does it mean to pray without season? When men of God say they pray for 24 hours, is this thing really possible? Or how is it done? What's the longest, I believe, number of hours you have prayed for, sir? Uh,
1: okay, what's the longest number of hours? <laughs> I don't know. I think we've done six. We've done eight. I mean there are times we've had to deal with things that we've prayed but I don't pray for 8 or 6 hours every day because I need to do other stuff right Um, but I can pray for 24 hours I do pray for 24 hours how? I declare the lordship of the lord over my family simple, Jesus you are lord over my household that's it I'm singing a song and I'm saying you are here Holy Spirit, you are here. There's something we used to do, Debbie will know it, every 15 seconds. Hello, Holy Spirit. <laughs> Hello, Holy Spirit. So, yes, you can pray. When it says pray without season, uh, I don't know we pray 24 hours, 365 days <laughs> and be normal. Praise, pray without season just means have a prayer posture. That's my understanding of that. Have a prayer posture. Always be praying. Yeah, There'll be something... In your heart that, what is prayer? Prayer is act- actually communication with God, let there be consistent communication with God. So, I, I do try to have a consistent communication with God because I don't know what it will be like to not have consistent communication with God. You're talking to other people, they are planning you inside their mind, and you don't even know who will tell you it's God, so you need to have consistent communication with Him. You are going out, you don't know what's going to be on the road. <laughs> who will tell you? It's God. Save me from the noisome pestilence, the sudden destructions that lays waste on noonday. It's God. So yes, you can pray without ceasing, but I don't think you need to remain in one place, not do anything, and pray for 24 hours, 7 days, 365 days. Your life will never be the same again. <laughs> but you want to you you take it from there, sir?
0: Oh, it is you were the one that was asked how many hours you pray, not me. I know pastor prays twenty-four hours in some days, you know. You are the one,
1: you are the one that was asked, it's not me, so I
0: have
1: to no, have no comment. Please, whoever you are, send a message to that email, fame at TV, and you'll get your answer. But mind you, Terms and conditions apply, and don't try this at home. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, yeah. uh, that final question?
2: I believe so. Okay,
1: don't send any question again, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Why? I have my last question, so if you comes to me before I pastor treats my last question, of course, you can go ahead. That's the reason why we're here anyway. So my last question, what are practical steps you can take on, on this um, faith journey to ensure that we finish well? Well, I mean, for, for example, Saul started out right. He went looking for something. He found God. But Saul's story was, I mean, was, was a terrible end. David, on the other hand, started from obscurity. His own story was jaga Jagga He... David had many, many other things. But David's story, I mean, and, and to the point that you know, to date, we still use David's story as, as as a reference. So so what what are the practical steps we can we can take to, to, to finish our own stories properly? There
0: are many things, I mean, of course, I can say here, but the most important thing, you know, which is what um, um, my spiritual father used to say to me and um pastor Esko of blessed memory interesting it's going to be 15 years wow. in three days that he wow. that he passed huh? wow. you know <laughs> you know he, he used to say to me that you know Femi, this work is a heart work this work guard your heart the difference those two examples you gave the difference between david and saul was the heart David's heart was gold. He, 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 like you said, he protected his leader. He he will not take what God has not given him. He will, I mean, it wasn't perfect. I mean, in fact, David did arguably more bad things, quote unquote, than Saul did. You You know, David was a bad boy, if you will. But God said, I found a man after my heart. David's heart was just after God's heart. So that's really what will determine how far you go. You know, it's, it's a heart, it's a heart issue, you know. And many times when we judge people, we are judging ourselves. <laughs> we are seeing, we, we are seeing the log in our eyes by seeing, by focusing on the speck in the other person's eyes, rather. Right? So, And so, that speck now looks like the log in our, the log in their eyes. Meanwhile, that log is in our own eyes. (laughs) You know? But when your heart is just God, you're going to go
1: far. Amazing. You know, I just thought about it. My finger before my eyes looks so large. So really, that which you put close is amplified. And that is really yourself. Thank you so much for that sir. Yeah, um, okay. One okay. question. Do uh, We yes, have we time. We have po- more questions. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead.
2: Okay. It says, when we pray, who do we focus our mind on? The Holy Spirit, Jesus, or Almighty God? If any of these, how do you correctly focus when praying? Awesome.
1: That, that, that's, that's a sweet question, actually, you know. Sounds complex, but it's sweet. Because... The God we, 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 we pray to is a God of integrity. And integrity means that it's just one. It's just one. God is not... Um, he's God in three persons, but he's the same God. He's the same God. So, you're, you're praying... In fact, I'm reminded of that scripture that tells us that the Holy Spirit... Uh, Jesus said the Holy Spirit will take of what is mine and reveal to you. So, you're, you're praying... To God through Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. You are praying to God through Jesus or by the power of the Holy Spirit. So you are not saying, I pray one prayer to God because it's God that will handle that part. I pray another prayer to Jesus because this is Jesus' own department. Then I'll pray another prayer to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit. No, no. The same God. You pray to God through Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay. Pa, you wanna you wanna you wanna, you, wanna, you wanna throw more on that? Awesome. No. Thank you. One more. Ah. Pa, do we have time for one more? You sure. Okay. Bring it on. Thank
2: you. Um, the final question says, How do we finish well? Hmm.
1: Hmm. <laughs> how do we finish well? I think Pastor actually answered that question. Um, so, I don't know if the person, you probably, he asked that question before Pastor answered the last question. The, the heart work You want to finish well, check your heart. And most times the Holy Spirit would, would, would talk at your heart. Will would talk at your heart. He will tell you things. You know, I, I share something, I'll be vulnerable. Back in the days, I, I began to pray kind of prayer. You know, and just God revealed me to me. Next thing I heard was pride. Ah. I'm not proud, <laughs> you know. As my father, when they were giving me away in marriage, my wife was listening. She can hear. Can testify. My father, the only thing he had to say, that this is my son, amongst all my all- other sons, is the gentle one. He doesn't have anything. And I was puffing already. Yeah, tell them, tell her. <laughs> 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 Imagine when your father is endorsing you like that before the whole world. <laughs> I feel so good. But then the whole. When I asked God, reveal me to me. The Holy Spirit said to me, Pride. I said, Pride? Where is the pride? And then he says, I will show you pride. That is pride. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Where is the pride? That is pride. Because Peter, I don't want to even go there. (laughs) Anyway, so I'll finish a conversation. And when I leave, I had a conversation. Let's say, for example, with Debbie asking me a question. A simple conversation. She's gone. She didn't even think anything about it. When I'm done, the Holy Spirit will say, Pride. See how and then he will play back the conversation, and I will see more than one instance in that conversation where pride was showing up. The heart really is massive, mm. the Bible says mm. it is wicked, it is deceptive. Who can know all of it? So, if you get your heart right, mm. you finish well, and God will help you in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Pa? Be good yeah yeah okay we good well done pastor richard ah, let's give a clap of honor to the lord this one um thank you thank you thank you so much for, that was <laughs> okay
0: thank you for listening to this i want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends god bless you Had us,